gentlemen, this contest set for one fall. Yes, for the WWE. Yeah, yeah. Staring in the boxes like a Ric Flair chop And swatting bombing in your local dollar box The one who rock a big show like he's savage Undertaker of this car collection matters Undisputed home of the street PC You are now tuning in to collecting with C Ain't seen a collector like he He'll be the giant even past 93 Now, I'ma pass it off so he can tell you how it's gonna be And watch him drop knowledge like the way I drop the beat Sheesh Collecting with C, baby What is going on, everyone? This is Caleb from Collecting with Caleb with my first ever Wrestling Card Podcast episode. Um, so this is going to be a podcast based in wrestling cards, but with a focus on independent wrestling cards. Um, if you guys follow me online, follow me on Twitter, you may know me from my project, The Street PC. Um, this is the project that kind of got me into wrestling cards. And it was where I uh, collected a key card from every person that The Undertaker beat during his WrestleMania streak. Um, and I, of course, documented it online, posted pictures of the cards as I got them. And that's really what got me started with wrestling cards. And after I finished that, I was looking for a new place to put my time and my energy and my passion within the wrestling card hobby. And kind of stumbled down um, the independent wrestling card rabbit hole. And I've been really involved with independent cards for the past couple of months, done a ton of research, spent a ton of time looking for them. Um, and this has really been uh, the niche in the wrestling card hobby that I've fallen in love with the most. So this podcast is just going to be a way to kind of spread information, uh, educate people about independent wrestling cards, uh, talk about the independent wrestling cards that are making their way into my collection um, and new releases as they come out. And overall, just share this little uh, section of the hobby that I've become so passionate about. Um, so with that, we'll go ahead and start off with what I've been picking up recently. So, like I said, all of the pickups I've been getting, for the most part recently, have been indie cards. So I'll kind of run through what I've gotten in the past uh, couple of weeks, explain why I've picked them up. And uh, kind of let you guys know how much I got them for. So the first part of my pickups is going to be something that I decided to do, which was a um, $50 card challenge. So for Christmas, I was fortunate enough to receive uh, two eBay gift cards for $25 each. Um, and with that $50, I decided to see what did I think was the best use of $50 on eBay as it relates to wrestling cards. Um, so one of the cards I got is not an independent wrestling card. It goes along with uh, the street PC, but is also kind of an investment for the future. I picked up a 2021 Topps Chrome Undertaker in your house gold refractor numbered out of 50. This one is from Undertaker defeating Kane in an Inferno match. Um, and so like I said, I have the Street PC going on, so I always like to pick up Undertaker cards when I can. Um, but also something I've noticed recently in the wrestling card world is that gold refractors have been really on fire. There was a massive sale of a 2014 or 15 Undertaker gold refractor, um, graded 9.5, that sold for almost $1,700 a couple weeks ago. So that kind of inspired this pickup. I don't expect that to be a $1,700 card. 
Um, but my reasoning is there's a lot of people chasing gold refractors when it comes to the WWE stuff and the Topps Chrome stuff. Topps has lost their license, so we're not going to be seeing Topps Chrome at least for a while. Um, so I figure this would be a pretty good way to put some of my $50 um, towards. And so this card I was able to get for around $17, I believe, maybe $20 with shipping, which for Gold Refractor, I feel like you cannot go wrong. So the next thing I grabbed, all of these, these three cards are all from the same set. So I had about $30 to play with. Um, the first one I got was a Penta El Cerro from 2019 uh, AAW Jim Lina Memorial Tournament set. This is just the regular base uh, from that set of Penta. Card number 18. And I believe this set is uh, listed as having a 150 um, set print run. So not the most plentiful set. It's also not the most, most sought after because there's not any huge rookies in it or anything like that. But I was able to get that for $5 or less. It was like 4 or $5, I believe. And for a big name, someone that's wrestling on TV in AEW, I figured you cannot go wrong um, with that price. The next card I got from the Jim Lina Memorial Tournament set, um, I actually got two of. And that is the Chris Statlander card from there. Probably one of the... Um, more well-known cards from that set. One of the ones that I would expect to have more value, but I got both of these for $10 each. And so this is card number 26, often listed as her rookie card, but Chris Statlander does have cards from the Limitless Wrestling sets, and she has one in Series 1, which was released in 2018. So this would be like a second-year set or second-year card for Chris Statlander. Um, but still, it's one that people know about. So a lot of times in independent wrestling, I feel like the cards that are going to be important are the ones that have the most mainstream notoriety. We've seen this with the all-in cards. And then in the, in the past months, as certain sets have gotten hot and gotten popular and people find out about them, the cards from those sets uh, go up. So right now, I feel like those Limitless Wrestling sets don't have the big time notoriety yet that they deserve. I'm a huge believer in all of the limitless wrestling cards. Um, I've spent a ton of time tracking those cards down and trying to put together a series one set just because I think those cards are going to be a very big deal down the line. But as of right now, I don't know that they have that name recognition that something like AAW or the GCW cards have. So for $10 a piece, I could not go wrong um, with those two cards. And then the last thing I picked up with my remaining $5, I bought I bought everything except The Undertaker from the same seller. So I was able to combine shipping on those, which was nice. Um, I may have come in right over the $50 mark with shipping and everything, but close enough. The last thing I was able to get was one um, GCW Joey Janela Spring Break, uh, the blue set. And it was an Alley Cat card. And for those of you that interact with me or follow me on Twitter, you know that Alley Cat or Alley Catch now is somebody that I super collect. Try and have as many of car as many cards of her as I possibly can. So whenever they pop up on eBay, I usually try and throw an offer in. Because another thing about independent wrestling cards 
is a lot of times people will not break their sets up. They buy the, the sets and hold on to them because they want to have a complete set, which makes sense, of course. But if you're trying to collect a specific wrestler or something like that, it can be difficult to track down singles if you don't have the set because so many people will not sell uh, just a single card from it. But whenever people list up their singles of Alley Cat on eBay, I usually try and throw an offer out there just to get as many as I can without having to pay um, the price for a full set. But that was my $50 buying challenge. If this is something you guys uh, think is fun or want to try, you, you don't even have to spend the actual $50. You just go on eBay, find a couple of cards that total up to less than $50, send them my way and tag me in them. I'm at Collecting with C on Twitter, at Collecting with Caleb on Instagram. Let me know what you guys think is the best use of $50 in wrestling cards right now, whether it's indie cards, whether it's WWE cards, AEW cards. Whatever it is, show me what you guys find because um, I'd love to see what you guys' reasoning is. For these ones, I picked sets that um, have a low posted print run. Went with a gold refractor because those are hot in the hobby right now. And then I picked up a PC card just for fun. Um, but yeah, that was my $50 buying challenge. I just had also had a couple of other things that I grabbed this past week or week and a half. Um, one of which being a 2017 Sammy Guevara PWG autograph card. So this is feeling like a good buy after Sammy Guevara's match with Cody Rhodes. I finally got around to watching that, and it was absolutely incredible. Um, the cutter off the, off the ladder is one of the coolest spots I've ever seen, um, and I think it's one of those moments that will kind of solidify Sammy Guevara um, for a while to come. So this is, like I said, from the 2017 PWG Battle of Los Angeles set. Um, this card is modeled after the WCW uh, championship marketing card. It's like the black card with uh, gold or yellow stars around the edges. Um, and this is Sammy's first card. So this is a pretty interesting set because they were handed out at the PWG Bola event and then High Spots also um, printed some of the cards. And then they also had some of these sets that were released as like autograph sets that you could buy. So I'm assuming this is from one of those High Spots autograph sets. Um, with this card, or any of the cards in the 2017 Bola set, it's usually harder to find an unsigned copy of these cards than it is a signed one. But that being said, someone like Sammy Guevara that I believe in, very young, very talented wrestler, I always try and get these cards whenever they, they pop up. Um, so I grabbed this autograph version for $60 shipped, I believe. Um, and I think that's a pretty good price for someone like this. If we look at other people of similar caliber, um, Darby Allen, MJF, uh, Britt Baker, Adam Page, some of those other big names in AEW, and look at the prices that they're selling for. I think for an autograph copy that's pretty hard to find, that's about in line with what you should be paying uh, for someone of that of that notoriety. So I was happy to get that one. And then over the weekend, I was actually, actually able to find another one on eBay um, going in an auction. And I won it for about the same price, a little bit less, like $50 or so, somewhere in there. So I have that one on the way. Very excited to get that one in my possession. That'll bring me up to three Sammy Guevara first cards for my collection, which... 
like I said, always trying to add that. Um, the next card that I added is from ICW No Holds Barred, their Series 2 set, which is, last time I saw, they have like less than 20 sets available. So find them on Twitter, go to their shop. If you're interested in this set, definitely grab it. Um, this is probably my favorite card from it. It's the Daniel Garcia card, card number 16. Um, and Daniel Garcia is another one of those people from AEW that I really believe has a bright future. Um, he's even even in the younger class than some of the people I mentioned before, like MJF and Darby Allen and everything. Daniel Garcia and people like uh, Hook and Lee Moriarty, I think, are really going to be uh, kind of the face of AEW moving forward. So always trying to grab any of his cards I can. I was able to pick that one up from someone on Twitter for $10 shipped. So it was one I didn't have. I didn't uh, didn't buy have to buy the whole set um, when that was the only card I was really looking for. So I was happy to make that deal, and it's a beautiful card. Okay, I got two cards left to go over, one of which is not an independent wrestling card, but I traded an independent wrestling card for it, and that is the... Um, 2014 Best of WWE. This is Undertaker's The Streak printing plate, one of one, um, where he defeats Shawn Michaels, ending his career. So this is my first ever printing plate. I was pretty happy to um, add this one to the collection. Um, had someone on Twitter posted this, um, and I had an extra all-in Britt Baker autograph from High Spots that they were looking for. So I was able to make a deal um, involving the Britt Baker and some other stuff, or a Britt Baker for The Undertaker and some other stuff. Um, and happy to add something to the Streak PC that has The Undertaker's The Streak on the card and is a one-on-one. So thank you so much to um, Evan on Twitter for making this trade with me. Very smooth. Highly recommend. Um, if you guys follow him, make some trades with him, make some deals. Uh, very easy to work with. Um, but yeah, that was uh, in addition to the Streak PC, which is uh, something that hasn't been getting updated a ton lately. So happy to add a cool rare card to that. And then the last card um, that I was able to pick up was a uh, Chikara Pro The Colony card. And the importance of this card is... Uh, this is actually Orange Cassie's first appearance on a trading card. Now, he is in a red and yellow mask, and he was wrestling as Fire Ant at the time in Chikara. But nonetheless, it is Orange Cassidy. Um, from what I've heard, he will not acknowledge that he was Fire Ant. He won't sign this card. Um, but from everything we know, he was Fire Ant, and it is a very tough card to find. Um, so something interesting, if you guys don't know much about this Chikara set, um, they ha they ran for a while, I want to say from like 2006 to 2010, something like that. Um, but at some point they came out with a DVD for their promotion that was called The Best of Chikara. And they pulled a bunch of these cards um, from production or from however they were selling them and they inserted them into the dvd and so every dvd you got you would get a free trading card with it and so the colony was one of those cards that was put into dvds 
um, which makes it very hard to find because they were pulled out, put into DVDs, and who knows? There could be a bunch of these DVDs sitting in a warehouse somewhere. They could have all been bought up, and now the cards are just dispersed all over the place. They could have gotten thrown out. No real telling, but um, whatever happened, it made this card very tough to find. So I was fortunate enough to find um, a listing for this card, um, but it had just sold and it was listed by Chikara Wrestling. So I messaged them, asked them if they had any more. They said they had one more that they were going to be posting on eBay. Um, and they would message me as soon as it went up for sale. They sent me a link to it and I bought it pretty much instantly. I paid a hundred dollars, uh, plus shipping for this card. And I was very happy with that price. Like I said, it's one that doesn't pop up very often. So when it came up, I decided to just go for it and grab it. Um, but I will say that we've noticed the past couple of days that if you go on their uh, Chikara Wrestling's like merch site under the trading card section, they do still have some of the Colony cards for sale at a little bit of a cheaper price. At least it started off that way. I grabbed another one at $65, I believe. So that one's still on the way, should be coming soon. Um, just because some of these cards condition wise, mine had like some corners peeling and stuff like that. Um, so I grabbed another one to see if I could get a little bit better condition card. Um, but we will see, uh, what happens with that. Most of these Chikara cards, I don't know that they're going to be anything that's great for like grading or anything like that, but they're very rare cards. Um, they have a lot of big names in it. Orange Cassie's first appearance, Brody Lee's first card, Eddie Kingston's first card, uh, Cesaro's first card, I believe, as well. Pretty cool set, and I highly recommend that you guys uh, check out some information on the set. If you don't know much about it, look on, on eBay every now and then. You'll, they'll get uh, list some lots of the cards, Chikara Pro will. Um, and yeah, that was my pickups for the week. So the next thing I want to go over before I get into the topic for today's episode is um, just some independent wrestling card news. So recently uh, we got a tweet from both Anthony Green and uh, Card Sub Subject to Change. And Card Subject to Change are the people that I believe worked on the Limitless Wrestling cards. I know for a fact that they made the Buffalo Boys... Um, promotional card or card number zero for the series one set and this was a card that um, if you bought raffle tickets at a benefit show for limitless they would give you one of these daniel garcia cards and that's the first ever daniel garcia card very tough to find very rare card um, but i will say the quality is awesome on it i love the limitless wrestling cards i love the the card stock that they use the pictures everything about it they're great cards and so that really excited me when Card Subject to Change announced that they're working with um, AG and they are going to be releasing a new independent wrestling card set. So this was something that I've been really pumped up about. I've been engaging with them on Twitter a lot. They were asking for some feedback about stuff that indie card, indie card collectors um, wanted to see in a new card set, whether it be like autographs, number card, numbered cards. Uh, rookies, that sort of thing. And so I gave some feedback of what I was looking for personally. I think the thing that really drives the independent wrestling card market are first appearance cards or rookie cards, if you want to call them that. Um, and so that's something I personally really want to see out of a new set. 
I would love to see like numbered parallels of first appearances. I think that could change the game when it comes to indie wrestling cards. We see that in WWE cards. We're seeing it now in the AEW set. Um, and so if we can get that kind of legitimacy and that kind of scarcity, I guess, when it comes to indie cards and something that's usually already pretty scarce, um, I think that would really bring uh, our little niche of the hobby to the next level. So I'll continue to update as news comes in. Some of the names that they've announced for the new set that will be in it. Dan Housen was a big one that was announced. Uh, Masha Slamovich was announced. I've been tweeting them every other every couple of days, uh, asking to get Ali Catch and Effie into the set. So card subject to change. If you guys are listening, please put them in the set. I'll give you all of my money. <laughs> um, but they've been updating every couple of days. Uh, new people that are coming into the set. I asked them if they would do a design reveal for the cards anytime soon. They said. Um, that they would probably do some sort of reveal of what the cards look like coming up. So definitely give them a follow on Twitter. Um, and yeah, stay tuned. I'll keep updating as I know more about this release. But as of right now, I'm very excited for it. And I think it can only be good for uh, independent wrestling card collectors. And now, uh, the topic of today's video or podcast is going to be the new Upper Deck AEW set. And so I think a lot of people, myself included, that have gotten into independent wrestling cards recently um, were buying indie wrestling cards to get uh, first appearance cards or cards in general of wrestlers from AEW because they had not had a card set yet, nothing had been released, and so these indie cards were the only way to engage with uh, the talent in terms of collecting cards. Now that Upper Deck has uh, released their first AEW set, it'll be interesting to see how this impacts the indie, indie card market, indie collecting in general. Um, but I just wanted to go over a list of uh, talent in AEW that already has appearances on cards before the AEW set. Some people that are in the AEW upper deck set that that is their first card, their true rookie, in my opinion. And then some people to look out for in the future that their upper deck card will be their first appearance. So when we look at the roster for AEW, some of the big names that stick out, we got MJF, Britt Baker, Adam Page, Darby Allen, and Sammy Guevara. All five of those people have appearances on independent wrestling cards. So to me, in the way that I collect, and the way that I look at things, these cards in the Upper Deck set are not, not rookies. Um, I know that there's a lot of kind of debate and questions circulating around of what constitutes a rookie, and that's a, a pretty complicated thing that nobody's ever going to, to really come to an agreement um, on, but me being an independent wrestling card collector, I look at, I look at the indie cards as their rookies, as their first appearance cards. And I think that the market on these people in particular has dictated that quite a bit. So with MJF, he has a couple of cards. His first cards began appearing in 2018. So he has the first one that came out was his limitless wrestling series one card. Um, has Maxwell Jacob Friedman on the card. That's his only card that I know of that has his full name um, written out like that. 
But that one was released first. He also has AAW Jim Lynham 2018 card um, that's gotten a lot of a lot of popularity in Steam recently. Um, had some good sales on the sealed sets of those for around $500, $450. So definitely one that's going gaining a lot of appreciation. And then you also have uh, the 2018 All In card. So I I will look at all of those cards as his rookie cards, his rookie year cards, his first appearances. Uh, same thing with Britt. Her first card is the 2018 All In set. And so I, I can speak for myself when I say that the All In set is kind of like the mainstream independent wrestling card set. It's the, the one that I got into big time um, first before I started branching out to some of the harder to find stuff or lesser known things. Um, because it has all of these rookie year cards of big names that are wrestling in AEW. So I think a lot of people um, will start to make the, the move from maybe they, they find the AEW upper deck cards and then they want to find more cards of the people they like. So they find the all-in cards. And then after finding the all-in cards, find out, hey, there's even more cards of these people that I don't know, I didn't know existed and are very tough to find. And so that's when we get people trickling in looking for the AAW cards, the Limitless cards, etc. So I think that the all-in set is great for all the other independent wrestling card sets. I think it brings a lot of attention uh, to some of the lesser-known stuff. And of course, it's got so many big names in it um, in terms of first-year cards. Uh, the next one of those being Hangman Adam Page current AEW champion, so definitely a lot of people that collect him. I know that there's been uh, some decent sales of his all-in card. One in a PSA 10 sold for $350 recently, which I think is a really good price. Those cards are not easy to get a 10 in. Um, so if you see one of those pop up for someone that you collect that you like, I say go for it because you're not going to see a whole lot of 10s. Just the way those cards are set up, with black borders and being in the independent card deck uh, kind of formation. When you get the cards, they shake around in that box. Um, it's just not going to be easy to track down tens from any grading company um, in those cards. So if you see one that you like, I say spring on it because you might not see another one. The next person is another person that has multiple first-year cards similar to um, MJF. And that's Darby Allen. So Darby also has a Limitless Series 1 card. That's his first card that was ever printed, as far as I know. He also has a card in the AAW Jim Lynham set. And then where the, he and MJF differ is Darby has a card in the 2018 PWG Bola set. So he again has three different... Um, rookie cards or rookie year cards um, before this AEW set. Um, and I'd say right now the most popular one out of his cards has been the, um, the AAW card. Uh, the Bullet card has also been pretty popular, but it really doesn't pop up for sale as much on eBay, so it's kind of hard to tell. And then the same is very true for the Limitless card. Um, these cards are incredibly rare. I can't emphasize that enough. As someone who went through the process of trying to hunt them down and build a collection of them, they are not easy to find. And so I think as time goes forward, people are going to start realizing that these cards are next to impossible to find. 
Um, and I think that the price will begin to reflect that at some point. But as of right now, I think the most well-known of Darby's indie cards, especially from his rookie year, is the AAW set. Um, and then the last person from my list I wanted to talk about, kind of touched on already in pickups, but is Sammy Guevara. And Sammy Guevara has his uh, first appearance in 2017 in the PWG Bola set. Um, that was one of the ones I mentioned that I had been picking up as I've seen it. As far as I know, that's his rookie card. That's his only card from that year. Um, if you know of any other 2017 Sammy Guevara cards, definitely let me know. Um, but that's the one that I've been going after. I think it's the most well-known for sure, if not the only one. Um, he also has a 2018 PWG Bola card that was passed out at the event. He uh, filled in and replaced Travis Banks, I believe. Um, and so they printed up a card for him kind of last minute and passed it out at the event. Um, but definitely, I believe the 2017 is the kind of card to go after if you're looking for rookie or first appearance cards. So those are all people in the uh, AEW set. Oh, also one to add is Jungle Boy. Uh, Jungle Boy and Orange Cassidy, both in the 2019 um, GCW Spring Break set. They're in the same one. I think it's part one, the orange set. Um, they both have cards in there. That would be their rookie cards. And so that kind of rounds out all of the, based on like looking at sales and everything, the most popular people um, when it comes to the upper deck set. Those people all have independent wrestling cards. So when we look at the upper deck set um, and try and figure out who you should be targeting if you're trying to collect rookies or first appearances, whatever it may be. I've uh, narrowed it down to a list of three. There may be a couple more, but these are kind of the ones I think based on value, popularity, and that sort of thing are the people to go after. Um, so the first one is the one that I believe in the most personally, and that's Wardlow. This is his first appearance on cards ever. So this is the true rookie, first appearance, everything, all wrapped in one. Um, in the past couple of weeks, I've really started to believe in Wardlow a little bit more, seeing his storyline going on with MJF and um, how they've been putting him over in the ring. And so I'm, I'm excited to see what Wardlow does in the future. I am of the mindset of grabbing a couple cards of all these people from the upper deck set. That's their first card. Just holding on to them if you get them for a good price. Uh, just because it is that first appearance. Um, the next one is Anna J. Now, this is one that I'm pretty sure she has no other wrestling cards out yet. If uh, if you know that of one that she has, definitely let me know. But in my research and looking around, asking people, I couldn't find any. So um, as of right now, tentatively, I'm going to say this is her first appearance rookie card. I know... Um, some of the Card Found guys and the Card Foundation podcast have been collecting some Anna J cards. Um, personally, I don't know a whole lot about her. I haven't seen her wrestle a ton of times. So um, just for that reason, uh, I haven't been picking up a ton of Anna J cards from the Upper Deck set. But um, this is one of those first appearance cards. So I'll likely grab a couple at some point if this is someone you believe in. I say go forward uh, with the confidence of knowing that these cards uh, will probably be viewed as um, some of her earliest cards uh, in the future. And then the last person 
from this set that I've been targeting, um, similar to Wardlow, is Powerhouse Hobbs. I was able to see uh, Hobbs wrestle um, right before the Battle of the Belt show. I went to that as it was in North Carolina, and they did um, the dark taping before and afterwards. So I got to see Powerhouse wrestle, and man, he was great to see in person. Like Seeing him wrestle in person is what really sold me on him. Um, and I've been excited to grab a couple of cards of his as I see them pop up. But he's another one that doesn't have any independent wrestling cards, as far as I know of. Again, with this list, if there's anybody that I forgot or anything that I missed, definitely shoot me a tweet at Collecting with C. Let's have a conversation about it. Um, but this was just a list from my research and what I have seen and know um, that I put together. But those three, Wardlow, Anna J, and Hobbs, are kind of the people that I would be targeting if you're looking for um, rookies' first appearances to collect. And those are ones that I think in the future could have some value. Now, the most exciting part of Upper Deck putting out AEW cards um, in terms of rookies hasn't even happened yet because there's a couple of names that haven't gotten cards still. They don't have any indie cards. When Upper Deck puts out a card, it will be their first card, and there's some big names. The first, first one is definitely Hook. I know everybody has been pretty hype on Hook. I love Hook a lot. As soon as he gets a card, I'm definitely going to be buying a couple, adding them to the collection. Um, and recently, in the past week or so, uh, there have been pictures come out of Hook signing um, sticker autographs. So there should be some sort of Hook autograph card incoming soon. I can only imagine what the price is going to be on that card when we look at some of the autographs that have sold already from the Upper Deck set. I can't, I don't even want to think about what a Hook rookie autograph is going to sell for. But am I excited for it? Absolutely. I think that's going to be a big time card um, to keep an eye out on. And the way that I look at Hook is kind of in that category with Daniel Garcia and Lee Moriarty um, in being like the pillars underneath the pillars. So you got your pillars of MJF, um, Darby, Hangman, Sammy, Britt, and then underneath that, I've got in that second tier, Hook and Lee Moriarty, Daniel Garcia, and then our next person on the list, Jade Cargill. Now, I know there's some some kind of split uh, opinions on Jade Cargill in terms of her wrestling ability and everything like that. I'm in the, that same uh, kind of camp or mindset. I don't think she's the best in the ring. I don't think a lot of people are claiming that she's the best in the ring, um, but it does seem like she has that kind of it factor star power. Uh, they put the belt on her already, so clearly they um, kind of believe that as well. And she's another one that hasn't had any appearances on cards yet. So as soon as Upper Deck puts out a Jay Cargill card, that is definitely going to be one um, to look at. And the interesting thing to, to take into consideration is Upper Deck did not put any rookie logos on Series 1. Um, if I remember correctly, they said that they may do it in the future, but um, it's it's a complicated area of the hobby, and it's one that causes a lot of debates and split opinions. So it'll be interesting to see if they eventually do use some sort of uh, rookie card designator or something like that. But as of right now, especially as an indie card collector, we know that cards without any rookie card logo or designator on them can still be big time money 
It just depends on what the market deems as these people's most valuable cards. And so when it comes to Wardlow and Anna Jay and Hobbs, I would say that that upper deck card um, is going to be that card for them. And when it comes to our pillars and everybody I talked about, other than those three, they've got indie cards that you can go out, hunt for, and definitely track down. Because I think as of right now, the market's decided that those are the cards to have. Um, so if you at all want to um, add anything to my list, remind me of something that I missed, whatever it may be, uh, like I said before, reach out to me on social media. I'm definitely most active on Twitter, at Collecting with C on there. Um, I get on Instagram occasionally, at Collecting with Caleb, but I'm not the best about um, remembering to check it and updating it and everything. Trying to get better at it, um, but we'll see how that goes. Um, but my favorite part about starting to do these episodes and these um, recordings are hopefully getting more people to engage in wrestling cards, especially in the indie side of things. Because this is something that I'm incredibly passionate about. I spend a ton of time researching and looking into, and I would love to have more people to talk about them with. So if you love indie cards, if you love wrestling cards, um, reach out. Let's have a conversation. Let's talk about them. But until next time, thank you guys so much. This has been Collecting with Caleb.